You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Hello, and welcome back to the Oz Network. Stardate 1.2.2018. Uh, we're here for the much delayed Star Trek Discovery Episode 9 episode coverage. We'll explain in a minute why there was a bit of a delay on it, but uh, we are back to talk about Star Trek Discovery's mid season finale. Uh, we figured it was appropriate, maybe about five days ahead of the second half of the season debuting, uh, but we're back regardless. And my name is Colin, and 133 jumps cannot be nearly as torturous as another six episodes to go of this show. And my name is Jamie, and this episode does contain nudity, and by nudity, I mean big sweaty Klingon boobies. <laughs> spoiler, Jamie, we haven't revealed spoiler free yet. Um... Yeah, you you picked up on that uh, coming in <laughs> from one of the commercial breaks. The on space, the following episode contains coarse language, blah blah blah, and nudity. And and you're such a huge Michael Burnham fan, so of course, as soon as I I'm reading the 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 caption, it may contain nudity. I literally hear you gasp and go, <gasps> "That's what? not what happened. What? <laughs> what an exaggeration! I just was like, what? Like, why would Star Trek have nudity? <laughs> no, and also been a completely different. Suddenly, my heart stopped for a few seconds according to Jamie. And also when her face is all messed up and she's all war beaten and stuff like that and bloody, I, I say, are you still as big of a fan of hers? You know, is she still hot considering she's all beaten? And you're like, yes, yes. Okay. <laughs> I gave an honest opinion to an honest question. We'll but get you to said it with some such seriousness. Okay, well, I'm not going to be joking around during such a serious episode. Excuse me. <laughs> um, why don't we talk about episode nine now, Into the Forest I Go, uh, which was supposed to be the second half of the season premiere. Um, We talked about this several times leading up to this, that episode 8, the one where they finally went down to a planet, uh, and we met the, what were they called, the Povins or something? Yeah. um, Which was the most Star Trek-like episode they've done yet. That was supposed to be the mid-season finale, and this was supposed to pick it up. And uh, I guess that's not not the main reason why it took so long. I guess the main reason it's taken us, you know, a little over a month to get to covering this episode is because there just simply wasn't time. Uh, We were in the middle of, I guess this episode aired just as Justice League was about to come out. And if you listen to, you know, the hours upon hours that Ben and I recorded on Justice League, following that we had hours upon hours of Star Wars, following that we had hours upon hours of Tim Allen Christmas week. Uh, There just wasn't time for anything else. Uh, On top of that, I had school, I had work. We've got a baby that's in the background still kind of making noise right now. He should be going to sleep, but uh, I don't know. Something about this episode will come up. Um, the other part of it, I guess, is that I was sort of under the, the false impression, you know, when I knew that they transitioned this to being the mid-season finale, that it was going to be like a total cliffhanger. And I had talked to somebody like right after this episode aired and said, oh, is it just a complete cliffhanger? And they're like, oh, yeah, it is. Which it really is for like the last five minutes. But for the most part, I feel like this does tie up the first half of the season. So I kind of figured, oh, there's not a big deal about us waiting to do this because it's probably like a two-part. I was thinking about it the way the premiere was. The way that you know CBS teased people with, we're going to do the first episode for free. And then the second episode you have to pay for. And really the first episode was half of an episode. And even yeah. the second half, part two, had nothing to do with the rest of the series. So I was expecting that from this, but it was kind of a proper conclusion. So we really could have covered this back in November when it aired, but uh, it it didn't work out that way just for timing reasons. But we're here to cover it now. Uh, you already kind of gave it away. You want to talk a little bit more about what it is you enjoyed about this episode? Um, well, when we were watching it, I had said I thought it felt more like an actual Star Trek episode, like just the feeling of it. But um, 
I have to say that uh, I'm really interested in um, uh, this whole Tyler character more uh, with the backstory. I know some people have um, released different th different theories of his background and all this different stuff, and I'm watching it, and it's it's something that they tease at, but I'm just oh, I'm like ah, oh, I want to see more. I want to okay. know. I want to know. Let's tell anybody out there who doesn't want to know any spoilers because this isn't a spoiler it's just a fan theory on the internet um but i kind of saw it as being plausible strangely enough even though this episode kind of alludes to it I'm, I'm leaning more towards it just being a tease from the show that they're trying to set us up in some way maybe there's something to it but if you don't want to hear any type of spoilers like that tune out now and skip forward let's just say two minutes and uh, we'll stop talking about it within two minutes but <laughs> the theory out there spoiler time spoiler time um, is that the actor who plays Tyler, that, of course, everybody knows he wasn't even in the show till like, the fifth episode or something. And I guess he was announced as part of the show, and he was even included in the opening credits of the show for those first four episodes. And I guess some fans noticed that this actor uh, appeared in makeup in episode one, and yet they didn't credit him. They credited some name that doesn't even exist. It's, a, it's an actor who credited, who's credited as playing this Klingon in episode one that doesn't even exist, and that this Klingon character, they figured, you know, was supposed to be Tyler, and that because uh, a lot of people are complaining about, well, the Klingons look different in the show, and I already said it from the beginning, Klingons obviously had done genetic stuff on themselves because the original Klingons in the original series look different from all the other shows, and they even addressed that on Deep Space Nine. Uh, the idea, I guess, would be is that Tyler was a Klingon, and that he went through this genetic experimentation or whatever, or, and that they turned him human somehow. He's basically the Gustav Graves, if you're a James Bond fan of Star Trek. That's the theory, and I guess they showed a clip of it. We got 45 seconds to talk. Why don't you talk about the one thing that you saw in here that led you to believe that could be true now? Um, when he was actually going through his PTSD moment on the oh, I'll get into that in on a the Klingon uh, ship, and it shows all these flashes of stuff in his past, and it looks like he's, you know, um, in this operating room getting stuff done to him. Yeah, and I think it is a, a plausible explanation, but I also feel like maybe they're toying with the audience, and I could be saying that because we're coming off the Last Jedi where they just teased everything under the sun and then never came through on any of it. But that is the theory out there. There's something to that if you do watch that first montage, his PTSD scene, which I'll complain about in approximately 10 seconds when other people tune back in. Uh, but it's still possible because there are flashes in there where it looks like he has the teeth and it looks like there's something weird of his face. Yeah. So yeah. that's all we'll say on that now as people tune back in after two minutes. Um, I wanted to talk about Tyler and this PTSD scene you you mentioned there because that was one of my complaints for this episode. But overall, I did enjoy this episode. It's probably going to be the closest I'll come to praising Star Trek Discovery this entire season. What? I mean, I liked the last couple episodes, but this one definitely was much better. But the PTSD scene, so they find the Admiral on the ship, uh, which we'll just say the entire plot here is uh, they did a poor job, I guess, of tying it into this whole thing with the Pavins or whatever in the last episode because they keep mentioning we need to save them, but then we never see them or we know nothing about them. It just becomes... We have to find a way to stop this Klingon ship and take away its ability to cloak. And it's basically Burnham and Tyler go on board the Klingon ship as the Discovery spore jumps 133 times <laughs> um, until they can basically find a way to do cloak. None of it makes sense. It's just it's all nonsense, but it was something they could do to make for an exciting episode, I guess. But when Tyler's on the ship and all of a sudden he just collapses and he starts having, as you said, his PTSD, which we only know it's PTSD because they address it as PTSD. 
the, the admiral apparently is you know a psychiatrist who's able to diagnose this on the spot he's suffering from ptsd i've seen this before how did she know that like all she saw was this guy sort of collapse and sort of zone out and start breathing heavy and she's like ptsd what like, if what if he was poisoned Forget if he was poisoned. The guy could be having a seizure. I mean, here the man has epilepsy, and she just misdiagnosed him, and he's going to die of an epileptic seizure because she's like, oh, it must be PTSD. This, this admiral put his life in jeopardy. It's just, it's just stupid to me. He must have PTSD. Hold on. And they address it like several times. Okay, you having a post-traumatic stress syndrome episode. You need to do this. She knows nothing about that. But a lot of that is included in this. The second part of it, we'll talk about it now. Um... This really is, as they tease, the most progressive Star Trek show because in this Star Trek universe, women rape men, uh, <laughs> which I shouldn't joke. I mean, it does happen in real life, you know, uh, but it's just the fact that uh, them including the episode I thought was cool because it shows like, okay, but there's not, no, no, hold on, there's no boundaries for the Klingons. And the, the idea here, and this could be a cover, as we said, if you, you know, want more theories about what could be going on with Tyler, go back approximately four and a half minutes and we'll start our rant. But when, you know, he kind of alludes to this, that there's this one female Klingon who took advantage of him. And when Burnham comes to her later in the episode and she's like, uh, he's like, you know who she is. And she's like, she's the one who abused you sexually. <laughs> and he's just like, yeah. The way he answered, yeah, you could almost see that they're going to retcon this later on, and it's going to be, oh, I was just bluffing. I didn't well, want to she, tell you the real she story. She never used the word sexually. I'm, I'm, I'm you, paraphrasing you, here. You, sexual when, abuse. When, <laughs> when you were sexually abused by the Klingon commander no, woman. No, okay. But uh, okay. what I want to say, I just want to finish this here. Uh, I actually like that they included that in there. Um, however, the fact that the actors talked about how excited they were to do this scene because it was turning the tables and showing... You know, that that women rape men. This does happen in real life. There's a lot of guys who have dealt with, you know, some terrible things <laughs> uh, and sexual abuse and stuff like that from women. And they're playing it up like, isn't this fun? We get to do something different. Like that I felt was a little bit tacky. But I don't, that's beside the point. Just the actor's joy of doing the scene I thought was kind of tacky. But you talk about what you want to talk about, the sexual abuse of Tyler here. I was just going to say, um, it's actually... Um, interesting when you watch this episode because they explain it that that's kind of what they're getting at that she did torture him. They, and you see him it that way. No, no, no. I, I'm saying when it shows like the Klingon boobies and stuff like that, <laughs> the the sex scene. But at the same time, I actually was thinking to myself, well, you know, what if I don't know the exact background or anything like that or the reasoning, but what if? what if she wasn't actually torturing him and what if he just had a relationship with her that way this is is what every predator on the planet tries he was asking for it it's okay that's not that's not what i'm saying i'm saying if he's actually trying to cover for something that he's hiding no no i get that because go back to our theory four and a half minutes ago not even that it's it's not spoiler or anything because it's in the episode and doesn't really reveal anything but after he has this nightmare or nightmare or is it just like an actual like wonderful dream for him because he's basically you know <laughs> yeah, because he was asking for it right <laughs> no he's getting it you're a terrible person jamie stop that's not what i mean uh, the fact is is at this point it, you can't really tell if it's consensual or not it, <laughs> <laughs> you know if the roles were reversed right now this is part of the problem is that no, we live in this stop. world it's okay if a man's sexually abused he no, was probably asking okay, for it you know what you know what 
out of all seriousness, because of respect for people out there, it's it's never okay, and people are never <laughs> asking for it. No, serious. I'm I'm smiling because you're smiling, but I'm being serious as all heck here. Okay, you know, because there's all these things. You know, if a person dresses a certain way, they're asking for it. No, I don't think that's right. Guy, woman, whatever. It's never okay. You know, we've seen Tyler's jumpsuit. He was totally asking for it. <laughs> we, we just saw the funniest thing on SNL the other day, and it was um, it was this woman, and she was like, you know, here's here's a Tiff Tiffany tip, a pro tip. You know, if you have your thing thing out and she has all of her clothes on, you're doing it wrong. So that's the type of thing, okay? It has to be consensual. It's never okay if it's not. Anyways. The more you know, uh, this public service announcement brought to you by no, Jamie Hilding. <laughs> no, I don't want to be offensive and I have a lot of respect, okay? Well, we so. could move on to Star Trek broke new ground here. I, I, a man I, getting raped on air. Sh- it was bestiality rape too. Sh- Shut up. I'm trying to actually get to my point here, okay? So it's not a spoiler or anything like that, but after he has this, let's just say, dream with the big thing on sweaty boobies, um, <laughs> he then actually gets up and he goes to where she's being held prisoner and he falls on his knees and he and he's not sad or angry or anything like that. He's just like, why did you do this to me? And then she says, you know, I'll never let them hurt you soon, soon. And you're like, soon what? Because I need, I need to know. I if, need to know. If you know the other theory from several minutes ago, which you can go back and listen to if you haven't already, which everybody, nobody's, everybody's probably read this, but we don't want to spoil it if people out there are just tuning in casually. Um you could apply that too. He's going to her and saying, why did you do this to me? And he's not referring to that dream. But I'm of the opinion that whatever happened to him, his memory's wiped. He's having these flashes. He doesn't know what's going on. Um, but it all could just be the show teasing us as they've been trying to tease a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other thing they're trying to tease us on is this whole mirror universe thing. And that was my theory, which I said on the air several weeks ago. I guess going all the way back to the first time we saw Stamets and his mere reflection just oddly staring back at him and smiling and winking and <laughs> doing whatever it was it was doing. But I talked hey, about the you, mirror... you look beautiful today. Yeah, but I, I talked about the whole mirror universe is a big thing in Star Trek, and I thought that's what it was tying to. They mentioned that again in this episode. They mentioned about every time they jumped, you know, that there's some type of alternate universe is being opened up. And obviously, you know, even just the way the ship jumps, it sort of turns upside down. You know, that would go into the whole mirror thing as well. Um, Stamets having the two personalities goes in the mirror thing. And even these weird things he says sort of in the end of the episode, like the very last thing, that's the teaser of this episode, is they try to jump. As he says, I'm done with this now. Forget this spore drive, you know? I- I'm a man. <laughs> I have needs <laughs> that don't involve spores and needles in my arm. Um, but... He he mentioned something about I could see all of them or whatever whatever it was. It, like again, it's all sort of teasing that. I expected the final shot would be like 133 discoveries out there, and instead it was something else. It was just wreckage of Klingon ships. They may still be teasing that this isn't that they want people to believe this is the mirror universe and it's not going to be, and it could just be they've jumped in the future. Who knows? But uh, any theory about whether they are setting up this mirror universe or what do you think it is? Time travel? What what did we see on the end? Um, it's hard to say, you know, like it could be, it could be something where it is the future and it's all these Klingon ships and just, you know, the ravage of war type of thing. Um, and just the product of that. But honestly, you know, it's, it's interesting. They're kind of lost in space and it kind of brings you, um, back to that familiarity of Of Star Trek Voyager where they were lost in space for seven seasons. Exactly. (laughs) 
Exactly. Yeah, it's so. finally becoming a Star Trek show. Unfortunately, it's becoming Star Trek Voyager. So maybe they'll, you know, at this point, they'll be able to actually um, expound more on stuff that they've hinted at for certain things. Like, I want to know also, again, more of the background of this captain and stuff like that. They've they've kind of touched on his background a little bit, but I don't know. There's something a little bit sinister about him, I won't lie. What, about Jason Isaacs? The, the captain, yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, that's the other thing. I want to talk about Lorca a little bit because this is one thing, and I did enjoy this episode, don't get me wrong, but it's really starting to bother me the writing and this is very similar to a lot of things i've talked about where i mentioned it all the way back in the titanic episode that ben and i recorded for about 18 hours straight i hate when a movie takes your hero characters and they've crammed them down your throat as being a hero just by saying oh you have to like them they're the hero and it's just simply by making everybody else an idiot they don't even do that in here they don't even make starfleet an idiot i'm watching this show now and actually wondering why does Lorca have a job why is he not in prison because I want you to put this into perspective. They, they're in the middle of a war. They gave them the most advanced ship there is, the most advanced scientific ship. They have this spore drive, which basically is a weapon of the war that the entire war is going to be won or lost on. And he's refusing to follow orders. He's going off rogue. He's not going where he's told to. Let's put this into perspective. The nuclear bomb is made during World War II. You give it to one rogue submarine captain who says... No, I'm not going to take it to Nagasaki and Hiroshima. No, I'm going to take this thing and, you know, go around Europe with it first. I'm going to tease some people. I'm going to drop mini nukes on Italy and mini nukes on Germany. Maybe I'll drop a few on, you know, North Dakota while I'm at it. (laughs) And he just does his own thing. And they say, you have the most powerful weapon in the world. And we can't allow you to dictate what you do with this. And he says... Okay, I'm not coming back. I'm just going to keep this thing. This guy's a wanted man. Like, this guy's a bigger villain than Hitler. So how is Captain Lorca still being portrayed? Why are we supposed to get behind him? Right here watching this, I'm thinking, I'm behind Starfleet. Like, this this guy has the atomic bomb, and he's just, you know, going off on his rogue missions, doing whatever he wants. Well, and... Before the Admiral was uh, captured, it was very clear in the show that he was basically going to be, like, rested. Yeah, and we're still supposed to follow him. Like, I don't know I don't know what it is. Like, the show is trying to tell us to get behind this captain. And I would have bought it more if this were the only way out of this situation. They, they didn't even know they had to rescue the Admiral. They just decide to go off and attack this Klingon ship. There are probably other ways they could have won this war without using the spore drive 133 times, which doesn't even make sense unless you probably watched this episode 60 times in a row. It makes no sense why they're doing this. Well, why, I, why I found the number it like, 133? Why wouldn't? Why couldn't it be like 169? You know, because they like in jokes in Star Trek, and there's in jokes behind that. But what uh, does in jokes mean? Like, like they made it 133 in reference apparently to a Battlestar Galactica episode, which the guy who made Battlestar Galactica also worked on Star Trek. Um, and strange enough, I actually found this episode particular to feel more like Battlestar Galactica than Star Trek, and it's it's just kind of a tie into that. But anyways, lame. My problem is, is that in order for a storyline like this to work, where you're like, we have to get behind the captain for doing this. He's right. That should be the only way to win this battle and end the war. They never explain in the show that that's the only way to do it. And I'm not left feeling that there were no other options. And it's kind of like, hey, you know what? We can't win this war unless we drop a bomb on all of Japan. I mean, <laughs> maybe they're trying to play up on that, but they're trying to get us behind this captain. And I wasn't behind him by the end. I was, I'm still thinking... You know, I wouldn't back this guy. I'm behind Starfleet. Yeah. 
No, and I'm I'm pretty much exactly the same thing. I'm just wondering like what's going to happen now because as I mentioned already, you know, before the admiral was, was captured, he was actually going to be arrested and, and I uh, found myself wondering at the end of the episode, you know, now with her being back and being treated and stuff like that, when she actually is able to um, speak to Starfleet and stuff like that, is she, you know, he's a hero, considered a hero well, they now. tried to give him a medal. Like but, um, you know, what about all this other stuff where he was apparently going to be arrested before? You know, is there going to be any judgment for that? And what did he do in this episode that gave him a medal? Like, he decided, no, to we have rebel. to do this. They they say oh they saved the pavins well nobody knew these people existed or this this species existed or this planet existed before last week and despite them saying it a few times in the episode it doesn't factor into this story at all so from their point of view all he did was disobey a direct order put his crew himself the admiral and this ship that is their greatest weapon at risk so they could take out one Klingon ship forget about the reasons behind this Klingon ship that nobody knows about. The war's still going on. They took out one Klingon ship with this, and he's being given a medal? It makes no sense. And I'm not saying I don't like Lorca. I love Jason Isaacs as an actor. I find that he's taking a really poorly written character and making the best of it, but it just doesn't make sense to me. And neither do most of the other characters. I mean, Stamets gets a pass because, you know, obviously he's schizophrenic or something, but none of the other characters make sense to me. I don't know. And, you know, I know that I'm kind of annoying to you and stuff like that because I actually... (laughs) What, in general, or just... Well, maybe in general, you know. Well, you did marry me, so obviously you love me for something. That's just a weird... I know that I'm kind of annoying to you, Colin. Yes. (laughs) Well, no, but especially when it comes to uh, my interests and things that we watch and things that I even like individually Oh, like The Bachelor, right? Uh, They haven't had a good season of that in so long. I don't know. You watch every season, though, so one of these days. You know what? I I tune in for a couple episodes and I skip them all. But I'm saying, you know, like my anime or stuff like that. It's just, Colin's just like, I just don't get it, you know, or whatever. But, you know, in this show, I actually really like Tilly and I like the doctor. Oh, don't! And I I like the doctor, too. No! No! Like, yeah. we went through this before. The Doctor... I love him. You even said this. The Doctor's probably my favorite character. He has had a grand total of, I, I believe... I say he's my favorite character. Okay, whatever. You said you love the Doctor. I do. I haven't heard you say you loved any other character on this show. You defend Tilly. You don't say you love anybody. That Doctor has had a grand total of about six lines in about ten episodes. What is there to love about the Doctor? I he's don't know. boring. He seems like a good actor. And he seems like, okay, if you seem like a good and, actor. And he seems like, he seems like if they gave him more lines and more story, he could do really well. I, I get the impression I, that I he's a good actor, even though I haven't I seen it. I don't think that his character suffering from, you know, not being exposed very much is his fault. I think that's the fault of the show. This is like I, people saying. I think that I, if he had it, more time on the show that he, People would love him just like I do. <laughs> Sorry to all the Survivor fans out there that's going to offend, but that's almost like people saying, it seems like Michelle played a great game on Survivor and deserved to win. I have no evidence of it, but it seems like she did. And people have said she did. This guy has done nothing on the show. Nothing. And Tilly, don't sl- she actually slapped me right there, people. <laughs> He is... This is okay. We're in a progressive world here. Men can be slapped by women. This is wrong. Okay. Oh, stop. Let's, t- let's turn the tables here. This is wrong. I am going to the police right now. Jamie's gonna shut off the recording. If anybody hears a click in here, Jamie shut off the recording. And say nobody's gonna believe you, Colin. <laughs> I won't let anybody harm you. <laughs> I'm sorry. I swear I'll never do it again, Colin. <laughs> but back to Tilly. <laughs> the other problem I have. 
because I'm just every week like, oh, I can't stand Tilly. You mean, and you I mean would... Merida? Yeah, Merida. Okay. Every week, she just annoys me more and more. And I was thankful for once that Tilly did nothing in this episode. I think she had two lines, which is already a third of the way to the Doctor's entire lines in ten, ten episodes of the season. But Tilly did nothing in this episode. And you're still, I like Tilly. What is there to like about Tilly? I just you know want to remind people out there, Jamie says she likes Maz Kanata in Star Wars, and she doesn't understand why people don't like Maz. Yeah, I do I do like her. And Your favorite you know, Batman is Batman and Robin. I just want to remind people. And you know what? I like Tilly because she seems like, if I knew her in real life, she'd be my friend, and we'd go and order a bunch of McDonald's and then bake peanut butter cookies and stay up late watching movies. You live the most boring life imaginable. <laughs> That's you like, have the most boring friends, apparently. That's like the most perfect girl night for me. You know, there is not a single character in this show that I would want to be friends with in real life, because that's still my complaint. Nobody is likable on this show. What, what Nobody. Do, what do guys do for fun when they have a bro night? They watch Star Trek, just next generation and not Discovery. <laughs> but what kind of snacks do they have? I don't know, like like chips, salsa, burgers? Who's, who's boring now? Chips, salsa, burgers, and Star People listening to this episode are listening to it because they would like to spend their night watching Star Trek. And you're trying to tell me that our listeners want to spend the evening with Tilly eating McDonald's and baking peanut butter cookies? Yeah. The voice of the female listener on the Oz Network, Jamie Hilding. <laughs> yeah, I like food. Anyways, Tilly's terrible. Tilly is annoying. I was so glad Tilly was in this episode. It's probably one of the other reasons on. when we get to my review on the end, you're going to understand where I'm going with this. Come on. Um... Burnham, you mentioned Burnham in this episode. Yeah, you, you, said, me- you mentioned her lots too. <laughs> when I'm responding <laughs> you, to questions, you, okay? You guys should see how deep his dimples are right Anyways, now and how red his face yeah, is. Yeah, Burnham, I've been critical about Burnham in the past. Um, I, I'm annoyed with the fact that they cram Burnham down your throat, which you mentioned this episode. And I give you total credit for saying something smart that, that <laughs> uh, had nothing to do with the Doctor or Tilly in this oh. episode. But you were saying... I feel like this episode is about her and it suits her because she's not being crammed down your throat. I think the reason for that is because this episode wasn't about her. And when it becomes her episode, it's very late in the whole battle with the Klingon. What's his name? Oh, that was awesome. Cole. 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 Um, Tacoma. Uh, let's call him something. No, Cole. Uh, yeah. Um, but in the past episodes, it was like week after week, it was just burn them, burn them, burn them. And we were starved for other characters. And here they finally hit on something. They made it about other characters. This was about Tyler. This was about Lorca. This was about Stamets. And she just simply had the big dramatic moment. And it was a good payoff for a season of building, very subtle building, for her side story. It's not even her main story, just this side story she had. We've barely had mention of Michelle Yeoh up until now. Captain Szechuan, as you called her. Do do you find yourself, though, wanting to actually know... (laughs) What? To continue... (laughs) Are you going to spit out your water there? Mm-mm. Do you find yourself wanting to actually know more about the other characters on the bridge that you always see? So it's not um, like it's not like they're just background characters, if that makes sense. Like you always see them like the that lady with the really big black eyes. And then you see this other lady with the thing around yeah. her eye, the metal thing around her eye. Yes and no. Um, I feel like we could use some more characters on this. But I like the fact that the show is focusing on select members of the crew that aren't the obvious ones because normally it's just the bridge crew that you follow on a show like this and when you go back to the original star trek show most people think about the the movies when they think of this uh that the movies portrayed oh um 
what's her name? Uhura is a major character. Chekhov is a major character. Sulu is a major character. They were these background characters for the majority of the original Star Trek show. Like the majority of the show, they were like the bridge crew we see here. I don't want to know more about those particular characters. I actually kind of like the fact that they're just background characters and that this show is choosing to focus on obscure members of the crew outside of Tilly, which is terrible. I, I would like them to introduce some new characters, though, that are not bridge crew, that, that fit with the format of this show of being characters from different parts of the ship, but are not as unlikable as the ones we have. And on a scale of 1 to 10 for attractiveness... When they were showing uh, Michael on the couch in her... Can you just say Burnham? Because when you say Michael, we're going to give you the wrong idea here. <laughs> when they show Burnham... Yeah, girl on, Burnham. On on the couch in her like little tank top there or whatever. And you're and I hear you in the background go, you, go oh story. my goodness. No, that, I never... That's the funny thing. I never said that. Yeah, I never said that. I probably didn't utter a, a, a peep. But you create this fiction in your head where I'm as sick and twisted and perverted as you are. <laughs> I know I'm like no matter how much I'm making him seem, I'm probably still about like ten times worse. Yeah, the, the, you've created this fictional universe where I'm like this disgusting pig. Oh, watching you're Star not. Trek. No, you're just a regular guy. <laughs> I'm not even. <laughs> no, there, there was there was a there was a scene earlier. I'm a Stamets kind of guy. <laughs> uh, there was a scene earlier where uh, they were just doing an outside interview with her like for 15, 20 seconds uh, on a commercial, and she was all dressed up and stuffing like that, and you're like, oh, that's nice. I never said, oh, that's nice. I'm just saying like <laughs> yeah, how you were... You phrase you, words that never come out of my mouth. You, you purposely rewound it again to watch her face. I rewound it because I thought it was back to Star Trek Discovery okay, because Burnham okay. was on TV. All right. The fact that it was a five-second interview was an added bonus. Colin, but... you're married. Yeah, <laughs> this is the typical Jamie. Um, <laughs> one more thing I want to Okay, what worked about Burnham in this is that it wasn't cramming it down your throat, but it was a satisfying conclusion, this fight with the Klingon. But here's my complaint. Uh, the actress that plays Burnham, and I always forget her name. Um, let's find it here. Uh, Sonequa Martin-Green. Okay, I think she's good on this show. When they're not cramming it down your throat, I think she's really good on this show. She needs some work on her fight scenes. <laughs> fight was terrible. What? And here's the sad thing. The guy playing Cole or Call or whatever, the, the, the Klingon that she's fighting... He could move, and he's covered in like 200 pounds of prosthetics and makeup. And rewatch the, if anybody out there was like, what a great fight scene, go back and watch it again, and watch the way the Klingon moves, and then watch the way Burnham moves. It's like watching, you know, an old man. It's, it's like watching Roger Moore in A View to a Kill. <laughs> like, on. she's barely moving. She, she needs work on those fight scenes. It, it looked terrible on okay, her part. Okay, but, but you know what, though, also? when And I know that you said he's wearing all this armor and stuff like that, but on some of these um, costumes that they give these people to wear and things like that, they may like l try to look like that's what people would wear, uh, you know, in this action type of scenario. But I bet you anything with, you know, the costumes being tight and everything like they are, she probably doesn't have that much mobility. I guarantee she has more than the guy weighing 200 pounds of armor. <laughs> Well, you know, when the Klingon was naked or whatever, she had lots of mobility. Let's not go there again, Jamie. <laughs> I keep coming back to it. Sorry. It kind of scarred me a little bit. Um, <laughs> Progressive Star Trek 2018. Uh, no, I, I just... 
uh, I, I really I, I want to rewatch that scene now to show you the how na- bad the, the her, naked no oh. how bad Burnham's fight choreography was. I'm not even going to complain about the choreography because one thing I did like was that this felt like a Star Trek movie, and that'll kind of be our very rushed last minute rankings we'll do on the end here. Uh, it felt like a Star Trek movie. Uh, altogether, it was like a very action-packed start to finish. It still doesn't feel like a Star Trek show. You said this feels more Star Trek-like. In a way, it feels like the last 10 minutes of a Star Trek episode. It didn't have the build that I think a Star Trek episode normally would, but it felt like a movie. Like, this was the climax to you know one of the great Next Generation movies in particular. Um, so I did like that, and I felt the action was great in this. Uh, one of them might have complained when Burnham and Tyler sneak on board this ship and they have to plant these sensors which is how they decloak the ship apparently which again they never explain the science behind um, could these things have been any bulkier and more noticeable like well, they're and, on this spy loud, mission like, well, like uplink to Star Trek Discovery yeah. <laughs> <That's> like, <laughs> yeah. it's like it's like how how like because you can hear the it's it says because we always watch things with subtitles and not because I'm deaf or hard of hearing at all, but just you need to practice your reading. No, no, <laughs> you guys, seriously, I get so distracted, and so I feel like if I'm not just trying to verbally listen to someone, when a man takes a shirt off on air, Jamie will not hear a word he's saying, so stop, she needs to read stop. it. No, but and every once in a while, she's like, move the subtitles, I can't see the abs, and I and I don't have I don't have ADHD or anything like that, but I feel like <laughs> this it's, is the third time you've said this on these episodes. I, I feel like it's easy for me to concentrate when I can just not a shirtless man okay okay stop stop when when I can read what people are saying and all of a sudden you know when they're on the ship and stuff like that Tyler and Burnham and they're on the ship they're just actually trying to um plant these devices and then it shows in the subtitles you know male Klingons uh you know uh talking in the distance or whatever and it's like all of a sudden then you can hear these Klingons who aren't yelling by the way they're just talking and I mean I know that they're loud kind of like me so maybe I'm part I'm part Klingon <laughs> but they're just like ah, la, 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 or whatever they're saying and then all of a sudden th- that stupid thing is like uplink to Star Trek Discovery come late and then what why is like no one around there being like in the Klingon message like what the heck (laughs) (laughs) did you hear that (laughs) sounded like english what was that (laughs) it's it reminds me this is gonna be a very obscure reference here to a movie uh, the movie adaptation the tv show i spy that had eddie murphy and owen wilson Uh, i think it was that movie if i'm remembering it right where they had these gadgets in there and it's like it's not what you expect out of spy gadgets it's like it ends up being uh, a tracking device that uh, it may have been Johnny English, what was some type of spy comedy where they had a tracking device they had to place in their car. And I think back to like Goldfinger, where, you know, even in 1963, there's something the size of, uh, I don't know, a double A battery that Sean Connery attaches to the car so nobody will notice it. And then it, I think it was an I Spy, where he has this thing the size of a brick and he's trying to attach to the bottom of the car and it's so heavy it keeps falling off. That's what reminded me of. I was like, we're going to secretly sneak aboard the ship. And then they're wide open. They're not even behind any corners. They're wide out in the open. They're basically standing in the middle of like a Klingon assembly. And they put this thing that is the size of our refrigerator, basically, with a giant blinking strobe light. And it actually not only flashes, you know, a blink completer, a waiting second sensor. It is verbalizing. Very loudly. <laughs> Secret sensor on board Klingon ship. <laughs> And it's, like, half the size of a human being. Yeah, exactly. And, and like, so bright that, like, somebody could see this even if it wasn't dark. Well, like, hey, we've been complaining this entire series about the overuse of technology just ruining the original series. Because, like, how did they have all this stuff, you know, decades earlier? 
this finally makes a bit of sense. <laughs> this dated technology. Well, yeah, like they have all this spore drive and this advanced technology, and then all of a sudden they have to bring on these things that are half the size of a person yeah. on board. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, this is this is like a stealth mission. I just I wanted the scene of like uh Burnham and Tyler dollying this thing into like the Klingon ship. <laughs> they got it strapped in, like, come on, put your pack into it, Tyler. Come on. Well and like the other thing is is Burnham has this um language translator thing so it's like at the same time you gotta wonder and it's kind of funny to think about but when it's actually you know announcing like uplink to start your discovery complete it's like does that translate to to cling on yeah and they're just like who's this traitor who's doing this you know like (laughs) can we also say i love that she has that moment where they're like who is this woman that can speak Klingon? And she's like, it's a translator. It translates your language to mine. How about that for human technology? Right now, these guys are going, you have a ship that can teleport you across the universe. We have a ship that can be completely turned invisible and you want us to be impressed with your pocket translator. Like, it wasn't exactly the big heroic moment that her intro could have used. Well, and I don't know, I mean... It was kind of an interesting scene with her fighting the, the Klingon coal. It was the, awful. <laughs> but, at, but at the same time, I, I wondered to myself, like, you know, why, I don't know, why did they not just kill her? I don't know. Well, I don't know. Maybe we lose the main character of the show. Um, well, but, no, 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 I know But that. the fact is, they kill him. And that's what's interesting. Where's the show going now? Uh, when it starts back up again in a week, <laughs> five days. Uh, well, and they the, said that the Klingons are going to be like really, yeah. really pissed off and stuff. Yeah, like that, the Klingons so. are coming back. They already say that. Um, why they had to use the spore drive, like why Stamets said this is the smartest thing to do to use the spore drive. They have a head start. They're not going to be able to follow them through hyperspace. I mean, this isn't, you know, the, the, the First Order who develop a technology in The Last Jedi to track somebody through hyperspace, even though people have been doing that since Attack of the Clones, A New Hope, Rogue One. <laughs> but uh, Star Wars spoilers aside, uh, the, the teaser they left off on is that something went terribly wrong with either Stamets or the spore drive. And they've been thrown into this weird universe. Where do you think the show is going from here? What do you see the next six episodes containing? Well, <laughs> why did you just pull your hair? Your hair looks like the guy from Dragon Ball Z right now. What did you do to yourself? I, I just like to have fun with it. I have shorter hair now, you guys, and I have to use like hair wax or gel or whatever in it to keep it from looking crazy. But when I awake from sleeping, I'm sure this is like every guy's. Like every guy's probably used to this. I mean, I'm not saying I look like a guy, but I have, but I have short hair. I just said you look like the guy from Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> no, no, but listen, but it's fun because you know when it's still messy before I've showered or whatever. Um, you this know, is why our episodes go for an hour on Star Trek can, Discovery. Of all I can things. make, I can make my hair look like it's it's crazy and stuff like that. So that's why I like to make it look like, you know... Anything you want to say about the next six episodes? Predictions? Yeah. Anything? Yeah, I did want to say something. But you're the one who brought up the hair. So what I was going to say was... Um, don't take a picture of me. Stop. I'm to take a picture of you. Take a picture of your hair. Um, so anyways, what I was going to say is, you know, the Admiral, she gets rescued to... Uh, um... <laughs> Oh, that looks really bad. Yes. <laughs> she gets rescued. Can we tweet this out? No. Uh, if we can get uh, a thousand likes <laughs> on this episode, we will tweet out the picture of Jamie's crazy hair. So, anyway, um, 
they had the Admiral uh, rescued back to Starfleet and stuff like that. What I'm wondering is why, because this is a discovery ship. It's not a warship or anything like that. It's even mentioned well, yeah, earlier. They're saying they're Hold going on. Back. Okay, learn how to be quiet. Okay, stop <laughs> interrupting me. You always interrupt me. I'm trying me. to speed this episode along. We've been talking about the Admiral for the last six minutes. Well, you know what? I would already be done if you could just shut your trap. <laughs> Um, <laughs> what I was going to say is that, you know, they even... She's hurting me, people. She's hurting me. <laughs> Stop, I'm off. not. They even mentioned earlier in the episode, the captain was saying, you know, this this is a, you know, a, a discovery ship, uh, you know, filled with scientists and stuff like that, a polite scientist, and now you're all fierce warriors. So they even reiterate, like, it's that type of ship. And I'm just wondering to myself, why are they holding a prisoner on this ship? Why wasn't she escorted back to Starfleet for them to deal with her and well, whatever? way why is she still on this ship how does that make sense especially where's the admiral back she's to probably no, she's probably still on the discovery because they haven't traveled home yet no no no. i think they mentioned that she was back in starfleet well, what did they beam her from the discovery to earth well because there was like that that uh that black uh <laughs> cling uh not cling- the black klingon what no <laughs> Michael Dorn was in this episode. No, no the the black, we've had enough of the albino ones this season. The the black Vulcan captain guy that was talking <laughs> about her recovering. Was he on this episode? I must have zoned out. Yeah, the okay. one who was actually communicating back and forth with Lorca. Um. Anyways, so yeah, I think that she went back or whatever, and I'm just finding myself wondering, well, why? Why is uh. You know the the lady still there, especially if uh. You know sh- she. The lady. The, the, the rapist? <laughs> <laughs> the Klingon, whatever. Uh, uh, what was her name? Lorella? L- 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 I think it was Lorella. Yeah. Um, or Lorel. Anyways, so I'm wondering why is she still on the ship, especially with her history with Tyler? That's my... Lorel. Lorel. Yeah. She's quite pretty, actually, without the makeup on. Yeah, <laughs> she's not looking like a sweaty... Uh, gray-boobed Klingon. <laughs> oh, whatever. Anyways. Um, okay, so you want to see where they're going to go with her. Like, she's going to be the prisoner. You're thinking she's the prisoner on the ship. That's going to be the conflict of the next six episodes? I think it's definitely going to be part of it. because or five they, episodes? They, they tease, like, oh, soon, soon. So. Okay. Um, this is actually episode nine, not episode ten, so I was wrong on that. But i actually think they're going different so whatever's going on them being lost in space um i think we're finally going to get a proper star trek show this is my hope because we've been so bogged out. everybody's excited about we're going to get to see a war in star trek we've barely gotten to see the discovery do anything in this war yet we're not getting any type of exploration uh i want to see this providing us the opportunity where they have to spend several weeks not able to jump not able to even go into warp because they don't know where they are and they have to explore for a few episodes uh but at the same time dealing with this klingons on the ship or whatever so i actually see that maybe this is an opportunity for us to get back to regular star trek here and they get to explore a little bit as they're lost in space and i hope they do a better job of it than voyager did um let's rate this episode uh as you take more selfies of your crazy hair it's pretty funny actually yeah okay so you already said you love this episode i kind of have an idea where you're going with this would you buy it would you rent it would you bin it Mm, this one i would definitely buy i'm gonna agree with you and i don't know maybe it's been so long i forgot i don't know if i bought any episodes if i did they were low buys i I would give this i would give this a solid buy like this is one where if it's on tv again i'm definitely watching it um 
not just because I want to see the, uh, the 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 scenes with Tyler to see the, if the I was Kling, right. The Klingon boobies. Yeah, that's what we're all waiting to see. Uh, no, not just the the scenes with Tyler to see whether or not the freeze frame it and what's going on there. But uh, I thought I this was a to really do, and you deleted well, the episode. Well, fine. I'll pull it up again on the Space Network. Okay. Anyways, uh, yeah, I thought this was a, a really solid episode, and I hope the show has more of this. I do hope we get some more traditional Star Trek exploration. I think if you combine the last two, three episodes, the show's on a bit of a roll, uh, but it's still not feeling right to me. And in all fairness, I've said this many times: that's typical Star Trek. The best Star Trek shows out there. Every Star Trek show out there took a little while to get going. And it just feels like it's actually just trying to figure itself out. Which is what the first one or two seasons of every Star Trek show, including Next Generation, felt like. Yeah. Uh, let's get our, to our ranking thing this week. And I mentioned this felt like a Next Generation style movie. Uh, so we're going to go pretty simple this week. And something very unrelated to the other TV shows. We're going to go movies now. So the Next Generation movies are Generations. Now, you, do you remember Generations. You know what? I'm going to let you take this one, Colin. You just follow along with what I'm saying, and I'm sure you'll be able to put something together. Generations was the one where there was the Nexus. Uh, you basically got sucked into this weird dimension where you lived out your, your ideal life, and leaving it was like you know a person you know going through withdrawal, and you had uh, Captain Kirk and Picard meeting for the first time. Do you remember that at all? Nope. All right, so obviously this is the last in your ranking. Second one, First Contact, the one with the Borg Queen, and them going back to you know the, the very first time that humans achieved warp speed. Uh, James Cromwell was the human. You remember that one? No. You, do, you mentioned the Borg Queen like last episode. Yeah, but I, I just know of her. Oh, and Insurrection. I told you. Insurrection. I told you. I insurrection. Said, I said I will give this to you. Insurrection, the one where they were on the planet of like eternal youth. You know, and everybody started getting younger again. Riker shaved his beard. Um, Data made friends with a little boy. They were going against Starfleet. Nope. Uh, and Nemesis. You're the one wa- with Tom Hardy as young Captain Picard. You're wasting... If you forget Nemesis, which we watched like about a month ago... You're wasting people's time. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> This is why we had to wait, because if we didn't cover this episode now, Jamie would remember nothing about this when we cover next week's episode. Um, I got too much to remember This is going to be controversial. Um, I'm going to rank, well, I'm going to rank Generations last out of those four, which I I will say I love Generations. I'm a bigger Next Generation fan than I am Original Series, as I think most people, you know, this generation are. But I, I think the Next Generation movie, it was just shy of really working... It's a cool idea to use Picard and Kirk, but I think they were rushing doing that right after the TV show ended. Uh, And people have to remember, they finished filming the last episode of the Next Generation TV show and started filming the first Next Generation movie like a week later. So I don't know if they had full time to prepare for it or anything. Uh, Maybe including Kirk was a cool idea, but it took over a little too much of the movie. Um, My second, my third place, I guess, out of those... And I would have said this was very different before, but I've developed new appreciation for it. Insurrection, which for a long time was my favorite, even though most people hate Insurrection because they say it's too much of a Star Trek episode that's extended. I love it because it's a Star Trek episode extended. I feel like if this was an episode of Next Generation, this would be in people's top five. And it's only because they expected more coming out of First Contact that they wanted this you know, to be something other than it was. Uh, I think everything about the movie is effective. F. Murray Abraham plays a great villain in this. You, know, you get a love story for Picard that doesn't feel tacked on. 
Uh, you get great data stuff. Data almost was going on overkill between generation and first contact, so I like that they pulled back a bit on him. Uh, and, and we get a great space battle in the end. Um, my second, this is where it's going to get controversial. My second place would be First Contact, which I think everybody will say is the best and probably the best Star Trek movie all around next to Wrath of Khan. Um, it's only because of how much I love Nemesis, which is one that divides a lot of people. But like, there's nothing wrong with First Contact. And I've developed more of an appreciation for it as I get older. Uh, I think the stuff, particularly on Earth, is great. And this movie achieved everything that Star Trek IV The Voyage Home failed at which is doing the time travel storyline and making it relevant because it mattered in the star trek universe not just in the 1986 you know propaganda of we need to save the whales uh but nothing wrong with first contact it could easily be first if it wasn't for my love for nemesis which people are going to hate me for this but the 10th star trek movie the one with picard going against young picard played by tom hardy uh data uh meeting before the prototype for him uh I thought all that stuff was fantastic. I thought the, the final battle scene was great. In a lot of ways, it was just a remake of The Wrath of Khan, but I thought it was a great remake of The Wrath of Khan. And uh, it also gave like a proper conclusion to Next Generation. Uh, you know, you get this great final scene with Riker and Picard, which is fantastic. Data's final scene is amazing. Uh, you know, Jordy's final scene with Data is amazing, as simple as it is. You know, you get the wedding of Riker and Troy. I mean, everything about the movie works, and I feel like it's just people were so conditioned to a certain type of Star Trek. I'm saying this as the person who's being critical of Discovery, but they took a bit of a different direction and people weren't as happy with it. But that would be my favorite Next Generation movie. So that's it for episode nine, Into the Forest I Go. <laughs> Can I also say how much Follow I Follow the yellow brick road. <laughs> Follow <laughs> the yellow brick road. I, I'm just, I'm getting really tired of these episode titles that have nothing to do with the episode. You know, when you look at episodes of the next generation like let's look up episode titles of next generation and you have an idea of what the episode is about just based on the title you know with uh with this one discovery what does context is for kings mean what does the butcher's knife cares not for the lamb's cry does it tell you anything about the episode uh choose your pain i think we can remember that one yeah leith leth what was that See uh, vis pacum parabellum into the force I go. Like they're taking just individual lines of the episode that don't leave you remembering the episode, and I think that's what. I think it just complicates it too much, so you don't remember it. Yeah, like you know, you take the next generation. Well, if you have an episode... encounter at Farpoint, people know what that one was. Yeah, or like symbiosis, you know, like yeah. <laughs> uh, yesterday's Enterprise. Everybody remembers yesterday's Enterprise. It's a, the best of both worlds. Um, uh, first contact. First contact. Well, that's not a great episode. But I Borg. Any of the ones that have Borg in the title, Times Arrow. You know, these ones all matter. My favorite episode, of course. Um, the uh, uh, now I forgot the name of it. Uh, <laughs> um, the the well, go back and listen. To my favorite episode. Um, uh, yeah, the Drumhead. Like all these ones are very valid. They, they give us some decent episode titles. We we couldn't make this a Star Trek Discovery episode if we didn't find something to criticize. Anyway, so we'll be back in a, maybe a week or so to pick up the second half of the season. Thankfully, the season's almost over. Uh, this has been a chore. Uh, but uh, And if there's any more Klingon boobies, you'll be the first to hear about it here. <laughs> That's right. Uh, my name is Colin, and we are the Progressive Podcast, where men get slapped on the air. Hey, I'm a nice wife. Why are you staring at me like that? I'm a nice wife. Are you going to finish the episode? My name is Jamie. I'm a nice wife and I make my husband food and take care of him. And her name is Jamie. She still can't end it. And my name is Jamie.
And I love my husband. <laughs> I love that that becomes a joke, apparently. Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net. <laughs>